Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Erika Macy. Erika calls herself a destiny weaver and describes her journey as having gone from weird to, to weirding, from uprootedness and separation to conscious destiny weaving that is called weirding in Norse language. Erika's book, The Weirding Way, The Mysterious Art of Weaving Your Own Destiny, is about reconnection with her ancestral roots and her unique life thread through sacred embroidery. In December 2020, Erika was diagnosed with late-stage metastatic breast cancer and is now writing the even more weirding way, Turning Demons into Diamonds book. Here she writes about her healing journey in form of a diary, reflecting on the experience of embracing her breast cancer as a shamanic initiation into unconditional love and an illuminated heart. Erika is supported by a Siberian shamanic practice together with intentional creativity, sacred embroidery, and continues to transmute demons and separation into pure, wholesome love from the inside out. Welcome, Erika. Mm. Yeah, thank you very much, Amy, for this beautiful introduction and for having me here and for yeah, opening the space for our sharings today thank you very mm. much thank you erica it's it's uh, such an honor to have you on the podcast and i am super excited to be learning from you today now erica since my podcast is called sacred feminine power i always like to start by asking my guests what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally yeah to me it means being connected with the divine which breathes me in every moment from the inside out and as i chose as a soul to incarnate in a woman power this is exactly this sacred feminine within me which is breathing me in every moment in my sacred feminine body so it's a connection to my female body my temple so to say mm. Beautiful. I love that. And I'm sure we'll be exploring that in, a, in, in more depth as, as we move forward. But I would love to also find out, Erika, from you, if you could describe to us one challenge that you have faced in your life that's really helped you to step into this power and activate it on your life's path. Well, that's definitely the challenge which I'm currently living true like in the introduction you already mentioned mm. um, it's my journey with breast cancer that is uh, still quite fresh uh, i've been only diagnosed end of last year mm -hmm. um, so i'm in the midst of this challenge which is at the same time already showing itself as a, a big gift to me because it allows me to yeah, to become even closer, like what I call turning demons into diamonds, is to really talk to my tumor, to my metastasis, and to become intimate with why they are in my life. And through this embrace, embracing of, of those 
demons, <laughs> my shadow parts, things which just wants to be looked at, being healed and to laugh, I'm already in the midst yeah, of this challenge and at the same time seeing the blessings coming out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, often cancer diagnosis can be such a shock and such a trauma for so many people. And often it takes a long time and, and many people never get there, to be honest, uh, to really start to re recognize the blessings within such a diagnosis. So would, would you mind sharing a little bit more about how, how that experience was for you when you first got diagnosed and how you then were able to start finding the blessings on that journey as well. Yeah, I mean, since it's not so long ago, I, I was of course shocked to, to hear this diagnosis because it immediately opened the wound um, of losing my mother 15 mm. years ago to cancer and and I cared for her actually in the last year and I was there to deathbed and 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 I remember it so well when I just heard the, the lymphs that it's already metastasized in the lymphs mm -hmm. this is where I really just broke together because that just opened my grief and about and my loss of losing my mother mm -hmm. um, so the first few weeks were really just a matter of of a shock and and grieving uh, um, uh, but then i spoke with a friend who has been with me to siberia in 2018 to the sacred mountain beluka mm -hmm. uh, and as it happened she was diagnosed with lymph cancer was on the latest stadium just after our journey to siberia and the doctors mm -hmm. gave her like only a few months and that she would not survive 2018. Wow. And what happened to her, she, she, um, uh, she got to know a Buddhist practice, it's called Chet. And Chet is like feeding the demons practice. There are books about it and everything, but um, I just spoke with her personally because she's a very dear friend of mine and, and, and such a great example, of course, to me as well, that um, since practice, the chat practice, which is really about like inviting your demons in that case, like the tumor and really ask, uh, why are you here? Do you have a name? Uh, uh, what kind of purpose do you serve in my life? What do you need from me? And to really become intimate with uh, uh, this tumor. And that, and that was really so touching to me that I started to read up about it and started to practice myself. Mm. Uh, and this is where my healing journey started, where I already started to see, oh my God, this is, can be a blessing. So I'm not just a helpless victim or just stuck in this grieving about how I lost my mom to that, to the cancer. No, I, by getting to know the reason why my tumor is there or my metastasis, that's why I started to write about it as, as well in form of a diary, because that's where the blessings lie. 
uh, and that's where I started to get to know that this is my suppressed power. We're speaking about the sacred feminine. It was like my suppressed magical powers, which I was never able to live, which but my mother never was able to express and, and live. And it just goes on to the, our feminine ancestral line. Um, so that's why my tumor was starting to say, uh, and also it's got a name, it's the Obscurus, like in the movie, Harry Potter or the Fantastical Beasts. This is also okay. this dark ma matter, which is totally out of control if we don't know how to, to use it. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that's how it started. And then I started uh, to, to, to get to know it better. And the metastasis, for example, for me, uh, introduced themselves as this very aggressive masculine power, mm. which we see played out still until nowadays in this world. It's like this, I colonize everything. I go out, I spread so quickly. Yeah, and I just destroy everything. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's how they introduced themselves. And for me, it opened up a healing ground, like really going again and again, they're like, yeah, but what was suppressed? And when did it start? What does, does it need from me now? Um, uh, and that's, it really got me on a journey more and more inside myself uh, and to heal things which yeah, which I didn't have time or space or not the awareness or the tools before. Mm. And it's really a sacred journey. And I see the blessings already, like each time, like for now, I'm working with the mother wound, which I think is the, the, the wound which we all carry within us because we all come from a mother's womb to this earth and how disconnected we are. We are not nourished by our many of our mothers. Like I have ne not been nourished by my mother in communist Kazakhstan. I was not breastfed. My mom went straight back to work like two weeks after the birth. She was never there in my life. And, and looking back, it's like who had this nourishing relationship to the mother? Yeah, it's not very many. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and this is like this heaviness around the heart, what my breast cancer shows me. And, and that's how I understand more like what my mom went through, or like the women in my lineage before that. But by becoming intimate with this, uh, it's like I have the opportunity to heal it now, yeah, from the present moment. And, and this is the blessing in it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Erica, for sharing so openly and vulnerably about your story and your mom's story as well. I'm sure that will resonate with a lot of our listeners too. And I really love how the tumor or the cancer, when you started to communicate with it, came to you as this very aggressive masculine energy as well, and how you, through that, learn to be much more present in your feminine energy as well, listening and connecting and uh, just being and allowing as well. What, what also really struck me was um, 
when you talked about your mother's experience in Kazakhstan during the communist era and how mm. she wasn't allowed to breastfeed you and had to go straight back to work and really just removing her from the most sacred of feminine practices of connecting with her baby and breastfeeding and being yeah. with her baby. So no wonder that uh, this is happening for you and manifesting for you as it is. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> mm. I'm actually also doing like some grief and loss work Mm -hmm. uh, with the group um, it's like a 10 weeks uh, program based on a book grief recovery handbook mm -hmm. uh, and that helps me as well to to really follow some steps to bring a, a healing completion uh, okay. around for me it's like this main loss which shows um, to the breast cancer is this mother wound yeah mm -hmm. of not being have been uh, nourished and breastfed and and this is one thing is the tumor and the other one is the metastasis and this is what happens also to the aggressive masculine which has also not been lovingly breastfed and it's just mm -hmm. like in a vicious circle which shows in the separation between the feminine and the masculine which is being played out until today you know that's how we treat mother earth as well mm -hmm. because we don't value it and we, because we have not been uh, like loved and nourished and that's how we treat mother earth where mm -hmm. we actually come from and this is a vicious circle and there's a lot a lot of feeling around that mm. absolutely and, yeah Definitely, yes. I can so relate to everything that you are saying and um, how beautiful to recognize that the wounded masculine as well, because there's there's a lot of people at the moment talking about the need to heal the feminine, which of course is absolutely a true need, but less people are talking about the wounded masculine and how important it is for us all to, to start focusing on this as well and really hold space for this wounded masculine to be held and loved and embraced, just like you were describing. Yes, because it's interconnected. It's all about this harmony between the masculine and the feminine. And if you have got one disbalance in one area, it automatically affects the other area. We cannot have one without the other. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to have this wholesome um, approach. <laughs> and that another blessing, which I see to my breast cancer, how they introduce themselves, the tumor is this, um, that this dark matter, like this absolute power, like feminine power gone mad, you know, the dark feminine as well, which mm -hmm. has been suppressed and not dealt with. Uh, it goes to totally mad and destroys everything. Like we can see in this movie, if, the people who are listening, they know the movie, like the fabulous beasts. Um, uh, and the metastasis, they're like really like just spreading so quickly. It's like man leading wars without no empathy and everything. So I already see the blessing that it's both inside my body uh, and an invitation to really go deep into into the wounds who are outside also of my body and reaching out uh, 
over generations. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I love how you brought in the generational and the ancestral aspect as well, and how important it is for us to start to understand how, how much our ancestors play a role in terms of our current well-being and our current health and our current wealth even, how we can so easily carry wounding from past generations without even realizing it, isn't it? Yes, because I certainly didn't realize I thought I was on a good path and totally healthy and and that when where we got to know each other is through the womb priestess training, for example. So I've been already really on the path mm. of healing for so many years. And still it it's uh, yeah, I received it. You know, I could say like, oh my god, but why does it happen to me? And I eat so healthily, I, I live so healthily. But that was not the point. The, the point when it really started is like with this practice of really becoming intimate, that it's there for, for a reason, like for a higher purpose. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for me to heal even more finer nuances, which I didn't get to before. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Well, let's talk a little bit more about how you are actually doing the healing work. In the introduction, I already talked about the sacred embroidery aspect of your work. Could you please expand on that a little bit more? What is sacred embroidery? Oh, yes, I would love that because that was like the major uh, practice uh, in 2017. That was a very important year for me. I did an online conference around natural living. Um, mm -hmm. And it, how does it was in German, natural living, yeah, uh, and learning. Mm -hmm. And that's after 30 years when I started to look at my own pictures as a girl, like how have I been and how have I, uh, how has my life been as a girl in Kazakhstan? I lived the first nine years in Almaty, Kazakhstan. Mm. And that's when I started to remember how was I like and uh, what did I enjoy doing and where was my big wound of separation when it started, when we left Kazakhstan and moved to Germany. And it was an important year for starting to remember who am I really? Like the natural title of the conference is like the natural being within myself, my soul. Mm. And that was a very important year. It started in February with this online conference. And then I, I read a lot of books. It's called Anastasia books uh, about the Siberian spirit. Mm -hmm. And she writes about this very long wet Russian tradition where people still live very much in contact with nature and the rites of passages. And in mm -hmm. one of the chapters, she, she wrote about those clothes and where each clothing and especially like the wedding dresses or like to certain uh, yeah, important yearly uh, cycles like the equinox, for example, um, the women wear dresses with symbols, yeah, mm -hmm. or especially at the wedding uh, where the girls already started to 
embroidered dresses when the young young girls like six seven years they're already so in contact with the soul with the true nature inside that they can already weave and embroider their own clothing which they're gonna wear or like there's a long tradition of a rushnik it's called uh, it's a destiny towel where the girls embroider certain symbols what they want to manifest in their whole life Mm. And this is like, I, I never forgot that somehow. It just touched my soul so deeply. So I thought like maybe I've lived in a, in a different life and I was embroidering because I never embroidered in my life before. But mm. it didn't leave me. Uh, and I started to continue, I continued to research. And then I found out that there will be a workshop with a Russian embroidery master on the a German island of Rügen in, mm. in the same year 2017. Oh, wow. This is when I learned about this very old tradition of how to embroider your destiny towel. Mm. And that's when I started and then it continued to uh, with um, my desire to connect with my family and land in Kazakhstan, whom I didn't visit for 30 years in 2017. Mm. And then I went on a big trip with the Trans-Siberian Railway for two months, all through Russia, Kazakhstan, meeting my mother's family, who are still all there. And after 30 years, <laughs> and I visited uh, shamans in Mongolia and also learned Kazakh style embroidery. So embroidery, the sacredness is, that's when I started to remember and connect with my true soul nature. And by mm. continuing to embroider my, uh, my destiny towel, then um, I, I did my shamanic dress, I embroidered it. For me, it has become a practice to connect with my soul from, from the now. What is weaving to me now? and the slowness of it and uh, the sacred symbols and in, in this kind of embroidery become like a very profound practice for me mm. and that's why i write about in my book the weirding way and the weirding also means weaving in norse language mm. and weaving from the weird has got many different meanings in norse uh, it's the rune of nothingness. Mm. It's also uh, the weird is the, uh, the well of all wisdom, where the oldest known, there are three knowns in Norse mythology and they stand for the past, present and future. Mm. And the oldest one from the past, the Urd is sometimes also connected to the weird. She carries like the deepest wisdom from this endless, well, <laughs> the Udbrunnen, where they sit at the virtue mm. Inclusil and weave everything what we see in the universe as a physical matter is woven by the three norms. Uh, and the more I, I deepened my embroidery, the weaving and, uh, and contacted um, more and more these three norms, it has become a very conscious form of holding my own thread and weaving my own destiny. So that's why mm -hmm. sacred embroidery is very important to me.
Mm, oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I mean, traveling across Russia into Siberia after 30 years and meeting up with your family and visiting shamans. I mean, that really, really sounds like an amazing, magical journey back into your roots and really connecting with, as you're calling it, your, your, your soul nature, your soul essence in many ways. Yes. Beautiful. Many, many ways. Yeah. Mm. And and how do and that's you why the, sense... Sorry, go on. That's why I write about in my book, The Weirding Way, The Mysterious Art of Viewing Your Own Destiny. Yeah, absolutely. That is super, mm -hmm. super intriguing. How, how do you feel that doing the sacred embroidery of, of, of putting these sacred symbols onto onto clothing and onto clothes how, how is it helping you to heal what, what is it opening up for you as you do that the sacredness starts with opening the space before embroidering um, in this old tradition where i learned um, we always connect with the source first with like uh, we ground ourselves here mother earth but we also invite the divine and we should not embroider if we are not in an open kind of state of mind mm -hmm. and always connect to the divine first so that is opening a sacred space and um and because it's um uh, it's very intentional like the rushnik i mentioned uh, we already know beforehand what kind of symbolism weave through us yeah at this mm. moment and it's like connecting to the symbolism as well um, uh, in, in a very intentional way it makes it very sacred and for example uh, we don't uh, embroider like on a friday on sunday friday is the day of freya or in russia it's uh, the mokosh and it's a day just to have a rest and to receive visions, for example. Mm. And Sunday rest anyway. It's like, and so having like this spaces to um, to consciously receive things without doing. It's very important. Yeah, and, and mm. knowing about the symbolism which we embroider as well. And there are certain techniques how to embroider without knots because the knots stand for challenges in life. Mm -hmm. And to consciously avoid that because we are then the divine <laughs> who is weaving our life. And the, and the thread stands for our uh, life thread. So we become like the god or goddess, and mm. every stitch takes a very deep meaning. Yeah. And if you follow it very, I would not say strictly, but in this very deep, sacred way, you also don't cut a thread. You already beforehand uh, think about which length do you need. Yeah like every step every stitch has got a very deep meaning without knots from which side you always weave from the right to the left mm. ideally you don't cut the threads the back of your fabric 
it's connected to the divine and it is meant to be even more beautiful than the front. Mm. Uh, and I mean, everything has got such a deep meaning and it's connected to the, yeah, to the universe and to the cosmic knowledge. And unfortunately, it's getting more and more lost, this kind of uh, traditional embroidery, mm. secret well, embroidery. Yes, well, thank you for holding on to this, these old ways and really bringing them back to life in, in so many ways and using the sacred embroidery on your journey of healing as well. That is so powerful and so beautiful. Yeah, I'm actually currently started to do like a healing uh, rushnik, like a cloth, mm -hmm. which particularly serves in my healing and yeah, I just started it. And I also do, for example, I learned in Siberia from uh, uh, women uh, there as well, like magical doll making, mm -hmm. which is also very sacred because in this doll, uh, you also don't cut threads, for example, um, and you feel the the. The, it's called Pereginia, the goddess, with certain herbs, what you, you want to invite in your life. Or, and you also fill this um, doll with your intentions, which you want to attract in your life. So I also made myself uh, my medicine magical doll, Pereginia, mm. which to me at the moment is like, she's holding like her magical staff as a, a rose. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And she's also filled with rose petals and a golden heart inside. Because mm -hmm. for me, what I mean with turning demons into diamonds is the more I embrace and love my shadow parts into healing, it, it is like a diamond which I carry inside myself mm -hmm. is becoming more and more uh, shiny and comes to the surface like an illuminated heart. So I put also the golden heart inside her. <laughs> um, yeah, things beautiful. like that. Um, uh -huh. That yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. And I really love how the it, it is such an in, intentional and at the same time intuitive practice. And also in that creative flow that you must completely be immersed in when you work on the the dolls or the sacred embroidery you you really are in many ways connected to love to unconditional love as well isn't it yes absolutely this is this the wine uh, uh yeah which surrounds all of us but through when doing it intentionally like you say i can really feel it yeah, and it's like my 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 heart is being burst more and more open to yeah. through this embracing and going through this heart transformational work. At the same time, yeah, it's bringing the darkness into the into the light. It makes my heart open more and more, and that, that's how I can feel the love more and more all around me. Um, and those practices help me a lot. I also do uh, painting, intention, creativity, painting. Um, 
the dolls or embroidery, all those practices helped me a lot. Mm. Oh, that and is on my really healing beautiful. journey. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can just start to only start to imagine how, how huge of a help that must be on a healing journey. And really appreciate you sharing about this. I have a feeling that you are bringing a lot of medicine for a lot of our listeners. Um, Erica, if, if, if our listeners wanted to get hold of you and find out more about you, how, how would they find you? Yes, I have got a website. That's where my surname is interwoven, ericaamazing.me. <laughs> Maisie is an amazing. Um, yeah, so that's the first way to contact me on my website. And that's where I write about as well about my different offerings mm -hmm. i also have got a facebook group which is called co-creative love weaving mm -hmm. i'm also on instagram called weaving destiny those are already quite a few ways how listeners can get in touch with me Absolutely. Thank, thank you for that. And I understand you've also got a gift for our listeners. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Yes, I would love that. Um, since I mentioned my first book, which I birthed last year on a magical day of my birthday on the 4th of the 4th, the 4th, because 2020 last year was 4. It's such mm -hmm. a magical day. Mm -hmm. uh, I birthed my first book. And um, the listeners can download from the link uh, the first chapter and excerpt of my book. And it oh, starts beautiful. with a poem and an introduction uh, about my book. And that's how the viewers can hopefully yeah, get a glimpse inside my world <laughs> of the weird beautiful. way. Beautiful. Yes, that resonates very strongly for me. So I'll definitely be reading that, that part of your book for sure. Now, Erika, you have given us so much information and so much inspiration as well. So thank you so much for coming through. And I really appreciate the vulnerability that, that you've shared with, with us today. Well, thank you for listening, for, for this space, for sharing. And I think... This is also the feminine, the sacred feminine way that even across borders, uh, yeah, we come like in the circle and uh, to the sharing and being witnessed and, and passing on our gifts. This is the sacred feminine, uh, alive, brought alive to us. So thank you very much for this space and for this opportunity for sharing. Mm, that was such a beautiful way of putting it. Erika, thank you for that as well. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's, let's focus our intention on this beautiful healing energy that's been activated during this interview. And just for a moment, imagine sending that energy to everyone, everywhere on our planet, to remember that we truly are all one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power and work with our shadows and integrate our shadows, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and shift. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here.